I remember tell. Tell of a puzzle to be presented by a man called John. I was a young man then. My balls were high and perky. Now they are sad and wrinkly. Like my visage. out there in the big wide world hello and welcome to another episode of the infinite escape room that nearly didn't happen but it is happening in your ears right now because we have the technology sort of i'm john i'm your host for this evening but i'm not alone uh, i am drinking not alone because only terrible people drink alone hey i am drinking a gift uh this was given to me by my elder sister's fiance we did a family secret Santa, and he got me a 12-pack of the Five Points Brewing Company's London Brew Railway Porter. Ooh, yum. And I have to say, it's really good. It's not too heavy. It's not a silly porter. It just tastes a beer, and they've just done a really good job of making a nicely balanced one. It's 4.8%, so it's not too daft. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm having a really good time. And locked in with me today, we have... I'm Jamie, and I'm drinking an elderberry mead. I feel like a Celtic chieftain. That sounds amazing. Very good. Uh, it goes down so well. It's like sherry, but without the nasty-ass aftertaste. So Moorish. I was just about to ask what mead is like, but you just answered it. Very good. It's liquid gold is what it's like, John. Can't get enough of the stuff. Well, thank you for that wonderful segue, Jamie, because, uh, hi, I'm on the coast, and I happen to be drinking elderflower cordial. Boom. Oh, yeah, it makes me feel light and fancy. Well, that's very much how I think of you, Anikos, light and fancy. <laughs> Thanks, I think. And here at the opposite end of the spectrum is me, Michael Collins. Heavy and um, obtuse. Wait, what was the opposite of fancy? Um, what is the opposite of it? Bland. Rough. Rough. Bland. Yeah. Bland. Scruffy. Scruffy, that works, yes. Basic? Basic, yeah. 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 <laughs> Heavy and basic. Base. Oh, like an element. That's a LinkedIn profile thing there. At least your balls are perky. Is that what you were? Yeah, well, they account for most of the weight, to be honest, but very little of the basicness. Odicus, what you've just done there is mention something that would have gotten cut, which means I have to keep it in now. There's no way out. <laughs> that has to stay in the episode. Otherwise, that would make no sense. Wonderful. But yes, and yes. you're welcome. I am the heavy and basic Mike Collins with perky balls, and I am drinking um, a Beavertown Lazy Crush. It's an alcohol-free IPA because I'm still not allowed to drink. So let's just see how this is, because some non-alcoholic beers are absolute trousers. And this is very nice. I wouldn't say it tastes like mm. an alcoholic beverage at all, but it's a fun, kind of very beery, fruity IPA kind of drink. Let me just hold you hold you there for a second. It doesn't taste like an alcoholic beverage at all, so it doesn't taste like beer. It doesn't... Well, no, I... This is why... <laughs> no, because uh, things like uh, Brewdog's Nanny State and Punk uh, AF taste a lot like beer. They taste very beery. Mm -hmm. in a very sort of tasty way and they've got that bitterness which sort of tricks you into thinking there's a little bit of alcohol in there um whereas this is just a, a shade too sweet which is the the sin of most non-alcoholic beers that's fair that's fair okay uh oh which comes next is it thanking people or is it what the infinite escape room is we've only done several hundred of these shut up um but <laughs> so it's normally so what is the infinite escape room well it's a okay <clears throat> here we go preparation level Oh, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. He sends me a dodgy mic and then he's not... Oh my God, you are not blaming me for this. Yeah, John, your annual review is I looking am, bad. I am 
infused <laughs> with rage right now. D minus. <laughs> but this podcast does not exist to either grade my abilities at life or exorcise my rage no it exists to simulate an escape room of the ears now it's a very particular kind of escape room for the ears it is an infinite one which means that every week one member of the team brings a room and the rest of the members of the team bring the brains to solve it they have a strict time limit and if anything goes wrong and they damage something they will lose their deposit which must be something of tremendous value Perhaps, might I suggest, Mike's perky balls. Oh, that's a solid plan. <laughs> I, I, for one, nominate Mike's perky balls as tribute. <laughs> well, tribute. Phil has escalated. <laughs> Here they are, Lord. <laughs> Freshly picked. Hmm. Does it have to be something that is of tremendous value to all of us? Um, Ideally, something that you would not wish to be parted with. Well, no, I'd feel bad for Mike. Yeah. Thank you. I'd... I guess. That's, I think, I'm I think, imagining you get some pleasure from them. I think we'll stop there because I don't think that's the kind of kind of podcast that we're on. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, we go with Mike's Perky Balls. I think I think the consensus is there. Absolutely. High stakes gaming. If we don't game. get out in time, then then he's left with Saggy. Yes, oh, they don't yeah. go. They just age. Yeah, maybe it's their, yeah, it's, yeah. It's their perkiness. Yeah, that will, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm happy with that. It is the perkiness of Mike's balls. <laughs> so classy. Oh. I like how this has gone from something to be cut to an integral part. Oh, okay, so I'm so sorry. I mean, you've come and join us on this podcast. I need to be subjected to, well, to this, to all of this. I mean, the preamble, obviously, and now this. Um, and it's only going to be downhill from here because John's going to start delivering some sort of Holocaust-themed <laughs> puzzle or something in a minute. No, I'm not. I've been criticised in the past uh, on various fronts for making my rooms unnecessarily bleak and dark and nasty. And I've taken this... Like your soul. <laughs> Very much so. Um, but I have taken this feedback on board and today's room is going to be bright and fun and wacky, hopefully. Uh, so a real change of tone. That's what I'm aiming for anyway. And Ben, bless his cotton socks, Ben has given me a gorgeous handover with which to do this. So hopefully I can make good on it. Jamie's looking at me with a who are you and what have you done with John face. I'm slightly nervous. It's going to take a sudden turn at like the, the, the second third of the, the puzzle. <laughs> 27 minutes in, everyone's dead now. Before we continue into the room itself, though, uh, I would like to take a moment to thank the people who make all this possible. They are our glorious legion army of Patreons who chuck us a little bit of money each month to keep the show on the metaphoric road. And I would like to thank today our newest Patreon and our oldest Patreon. Uh, that's in time joined, not age. I don't know how old you are. I'm not stalking you, Lily. Oh, Laura. Oh, God. <laughs> smooth, smooth stuff, John. It's, uh, it's going to be light and... Uh... At least you're proving that you're not stalking her. I think she'll be very happy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that is Lily and Laura Gurin. Gurin. Oh, fuck's sake, mm. John. <laughs> oh, I did the same thing on mine. It's fine. Chi Gurin. Laura Gurin. Laura Gurin, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. I think that went well. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jonathan. misspoke your name. <laughs> I'm trying. It's really hard. I think that's everything. Are we ready to enter the infinite escape room? Oh, yes. You all, you all look a little bit broken. I mean, <laughs> it's nearly bedtime, John. And we've not started. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mikey is actually wearing a, a plaid dressing gown. You are correct. These are these are my my cozy right before beddy clothes. 
and it looked like you were sipping a mug of tea earlier, or was it Horlicks? It's it was chamomile tea. Oh, oh you scumbag! You, you've more or less clocked out, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it's the two of you. In that case, gentlemen, lady, let us enter the infinite escape room. <laughs> Sugar, I have no idea what happened on last week. I know how it ended, but I don't know what happened. Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone listened to the episode? I mean, no, I, I mean, I was on it, but I don't know. Again, John, I feel, I feel your lack of preparation is <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't, I prepared for my room really well. I just, I remember the handover, but I haven't listened to the episode yet. <laughs> I st- imagine well, clear, well, clearly you don't remember the handover. No, no, Ben gave me the handover. He told me how it ended to help me, like, segue. But I haven't listened to the recording yet. Imagine not listening to a podcast that you... Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> imagine not writing down the handover so that at least you have something to go off of. You're asking Ben what happened in the previous episode. So, John, <sighs> in the previous episode, oh, we yes. were in a giant game of shoots and ladders. Snakes and ladders. I called it snakes and ladders. Ben called it shoots and ladders. Apparently, that's the um, the American Welsh version. What? 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 They put guns into snakes and ladders? No, it's shoot <laughs> as in a grain shoot. So C H U T E. Um, huh. And in gri- in grist mills and probably in other mills as well, um, once they had ground the grains, they would um, chuck it down a chute uh, where it could you know, where it could fill the bags to... Hence going down the chute. Oh. It's going down the chute, and then there are lots of ladders to the various bits of the mill. Ah. Okay, I think I think wow. I think I see what the issue is here. Okay, everyone in America out there, here's what a snake is. A snake is a reptile, legless, much like an eel of the land. Some poisonous often have a bad reputation, come in all sizes. You do um, it. I don't think you have to explain to Americans what a snake is. They have things like copperheads and, and rattlesnakes. You know a lot about snakes. More so than in England, where we only have adders, I think. Okay, well, I did not intend for that to be a segue. Um, Sounds like my life. It's shame this is all, all eating into your time, um, but hey home. Last week on the Infinite Escape Room, you apparently uh, were engaged in a giant game of snakes and ladders, which presumably you won because here you all are lucky Yay. you. Having escaped the game of snakes and ladders, you found yourself at the start line of a racetrack in the desert. It's a very strange-looking racetrack. Uh, there's some very weird vehicles. You must be at the wacky races. Woohoo! What a fine throw about the 1968 cartoon which we were all watching syndicated as children. However, you are not in the wacky races. You're not racers. You are racing stewards. Marshals, you might say. Uh, you're there in your black trousers and your white shirts and ties, there to make sure everything goes to plan. Onikos, you have a revolver in your hand. Michael, you have a letter in your hand. What would you like to do? Anakos, would you like to shoot my letter? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to open the letter first, maybe before we puncture a hole in it. Okay. Can we use the, the sight on the, the revolver to open the top of the envelope? <laughs> Can I just check that the safety is on? I know nothing about guns, but... Yes, yes. You, you will not accidentally shoot anyone. Okay. Are there any bullets in the gun? Yes, it is loaded. Yikes. Should I be holding this then? That's a question for you. I have not had a gun safety course yet, so I'm going to very carefully place it in the sand. Would you like to read the letter? Yes, please. I would really love to read the letter, John. It's in the Zoom chat. Would somebody read it, please? 
the letter reads, and I guess I'll do this in, a, in an American accent. Marshals, our insurance premiums are through the roof. This cannot continue. Do your job. No more disasters. No more accidents. No more mishaps. This race must go off without a hitch. I want a thorough inspection. When you're satisfied that everything's in order, fire the starter pistol twice. First shot for the racers to assemble, second to start. You've got half an hour until the crowd start asking for refunds. Your time starts now. P.S. If you fail in any way, you will be fired out of a cannon twice. I'm Tex-American. Ah, yes. <clears throat> the, the lilting delta tones of the Amish. Okay. There are various areas of the race course that you could explore. You could explore the track itself uh, or go to the pits area. Um, can I just check? You said it was a revolver. Are you mm-hmm. saying it's an actual revolver rather than a starting pistol? I think the letter has given us clarity here. It is a starting pistol. Taking the form, you know, they look like a six-shooter, don't they? I will take your word for that. My knowledge of firearms is thankfully very limited. <laughs> Although I uh-huh. get a water pistol for Christmas. Hmm. This year? Uh, yes. Well, 2021, yeah. Okay. Ooh. I wish I got gifts like that still. Actually, to be fair, it wasn't Christmas. It was Sinterklaas. But um, I just thought for the ease of listeners, I'll just say, because otherwise I have to go into what Sinterklaas is. And actually, Sinterklaas is where you all get Santa Claus from. And the whole concept of hanging your stockings is something that the English settlers in New Amsterdam took over from the Dutch settlers in New Amsterdam when they saw that the Dutch settlers celebrated the festival of Sinterklaas on the 6th of December by letting their children hang their stockings or put their shoes on the hearth for St. Nicholas to come down the chimney and leave goodies in there. And then the English children were really jealous, but they were, but the English parents were like, oh, but we don't celebrate this class. We'll tack it onto Christmas. So you're welcome. Are you accusing the English of cultural appropriation? What? <laughs> because we have a spotless record uh, on that score. And the marbles to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly throws a dust sheet over the British Museum. <laughs> There's nothing here. We found this. <laughs> Um, can we have a look at the track? You can. Uh, happily, there is a small marshal's car standing by to help you get around the racetrack quickly. Nice. So the racetrack is basically a really big square, four long straights, uh, one of which you're starting and finishing at, and four left turns. Uh, Travelling down the first straight, everything seems fine. Uh, you get to the first left turn. The arrow sign warning racers of the upcoming turn has been switched around and replaced with the sign pointing to the right instead of to the left and leading them down a dirt track towards the edge of a precipice. Let's stop the car and get out of the car and turn the arrow around. Mm, You can't. What? Why not? Well, it's basically dug into the ground. You're you're not just going to be able to lift it out. This isn't some sort of cartoon on a curse. This is the real world. The sign is immovable. Oh. Well. Certainly to your human hands. Ah. Let's get some inhuman hands. I was going to say, do we have a giant with us? Maybe we need a Muttley. Oh, yeah. Should we keep checking the track? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Proceeding onwards along the track, uh, the second straight seems okay, all good. At the second left turn, somebody has very recently poured a load of liquid nitrogen over it. It has frozen the area of the track solid and it has become quite slippery. The sun will warm it up eventually, but not in half an hour. Ooh. Hmm. Do we have anything in our pockets? No. Do we have anything in the cart? Nope. And it's a car. Oh, sorry. 
I'm thinking of a little golf cart. It's funny, when I first wrote it, that's what came to my head as well, but I thought I'd better give them a proper car. <laughs> I suppose carefully keep going around the track and see what other mishaps there are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wonder whether we should have checked out the pits, pit area first and gathered supplies. Well, the third left turn is all good. The third straight goes over a bridge. And on close inspection, the bridge is wired up with explosives and a pressure pad. It won't be set off by a person, but the weight of a car would surely cause it to blow. Shall we turn around and not drive over the bridge? That's probably the sensible option. Well, we could just drive. Okay. Can we just drive around the bridge, maybe? Okay, Mike. Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John. What you don't understand is I've drawn this bridge and I've drawn it very small. <laughs> I don't, you know, mm -hmm. you've not described this Marshall car. This could be like some sort of dune buggy that we could be, you know, we could, we could go, we could off-road this shit. It's a standard Marshall car, but you can just go back around and, and take a look at it from the other side. Fine, let's That's do that. Fine. Okay. Uh, the remainder of the track, the final left turn and the final straight are all clear to the finish. So let's hit the pit. Hit the pit. Okay. Uh, there are several doors or, or garage doors in the pits area. One belonging to Pat Pending, one belonging to Dick Dastardly, one belonging to Peter Perfect, and one belonging to Penelope Pitstop. As marshals, do we have the right to just go into anybody's you do. area, as it were? Let's just say we're checking for, like, doping. Yeah. Let's go into Pat Pending. Okay. Is that a real wacky racer? Yep. <laughs> I mean, there, there were like 11 cars, but well, we can talk about that at the end. Um, yeah, there's only four featuring this. That was my uh, grandpa's okay, nickname, so... Pat Pending. Really? Yeah. Hmm. His name wasn't Patty, though. <laughs> okay, so entering Pat Pending's uh, pit. That feels really, really wrong to say. What is it? Is it, is it, is it a garage? What is it? Well, it sounds um... better than saying entering Pat Pending. <laughs> so maybe we, maybe we stick with entering Pat Pending's pit, because at least, you know... That's wipe clean. <laughs> Entering Pat Pending's pits, you find it's really more of a laboratory than a garage. Pat Pending and his converter car are nowhere to be seen. Instead, in the middle, there is a large table with a tank next to it. And there's a brass boilerplate on the tank. There is on the back wall of the garage, illuminated by its own lamp, a framed picture. And in the far right corner, there is a small incinerator. Just for clarification, by tank, do you mean like a large vessel or like a panzer? Because <laughs> we could use that to do a lot of things. <laughs> Very good. Uh, uh, a large vessel, a big, big okay. metal vessel. When you say a large vessel, do you mean like the Bismarck? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Give me strength. You have 22 minutes remaining. Okay. Can we take a look at this picture, please, John? Okay, so the picture turns out to be a certificate. It reads, Professor Pat Pending, Senior Fellow at the Barbaria Institute of Science, Master of Invention. It is mounted slightly wonkily. What's behind it? Let's give that frame a good old tweakity-tweak. Ah, you know me well. As you uh, take the certificate off the wall, you find on the reverse of it a letter taped to it. The letter reads, Dear Pat, I know everything. I know you aren't a real professor. I know you never went to Barbera. I know you're a fraud. You will throw the race today by flying into a tree at the last turn. If you don't, I'll go public. Yours, why? Beautifully read, sir. Another great American accent there from uh, the Infinite Escape Room team. <laughs> <laughs> why? Hmm. Okay, so what else was in the, the lab other than the tank and the photo? 
An incinerator in the corner. Uh, an incinerator, yes, in the in the back right corner. Is it active? I mean, is it currently incinerating anything? It's not incinerating anything. Uh, you could turn it on with the push of a button and it would incinerate the contents, which are currently nothing. Can we move the incinerator? No, bolted down. Uh, uh, anything in the tank? No. So by tank, I, I'm thinking more like a big metal kind of vessel. Uh, there is a brass boilerplate on the front of it, which reads Fixomatic 3000. It has some instructions. They read, place item on table, push button. If repair requires replacement parts, place parts on table next to item. And there is duly a large button. Okay. What happens if we press the button? Nothing. This is dangerous. Oh. So we need to get some parts. Yeah, let's maybe dig through these other um, garage pit things and see mm. what we find. Okay. Where are you going? Uh, let's do Rick Rasterly. Dick Dasterly. More of a lair than a garage. Uh, the walls are all painted a deep, sinister purple, and the lighting is creepy and dim. In the centre of the room rests a low-slung purple racing car with a pointed golden nose and a large rocket at the rear. Yes, it is the mean machine. There is a glass enclosure around the cockpit, and the door is open. Let's have a rummage inside. Okay, so inside the cockpit, uh, there's the usual things you'd expect to find. A steering wheel, accelerator, brakes, gear shift, glove box, and several very DIY-looking buttons. They have all been taped in place and are unlabeled. What's in the glove box, John? <sighs> You're a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd snap that in there. Inside the glove box are a pair of hefty wire cutters and some doggy snacks. Hmm. Can we grab those? Yes. I'm so transparent. Is there anything else in the uh, garage? So. For the Americans, garage. No, garage. <laughs> garage? Yeah, they call it a garage. I think, I think we call it garage. We call it garage. They call it a garage. I call it a car hole. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> As in, may I park my car in your car hole? Oh, what a line. <laughs> Golly. Don't worry, I'll pay. You're crikey. The hot new Tinder pickup line. <laughs> Check out my car hole. <laughs> As for the rest of the uh, garage, there's a map of the racetrack on one wall. And in the far left corner, there is a dog kennel. What's in the dog kennel? Well, if you stick your head inside the dog kennel, you find it is in fact a small dressing room. A muttly costume hangs on the wall in front of a full-length mirror. There is a small dressing table. On top of the dressing table is a loaded revolver, a bottle of whiskey, a note and a letter. Let's read the note and the letter, please. In which order? The note first. Okay, I'm going to need a muttly impersonation out of someone for this. Oh, God. Go on, Jamie. We've heard you're Winnie the Pooh. In fact, just just, just do it as Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what Muttley really sounds like, so I'll do I'll do Winnie the Pooh. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the memory of Winnie the Pooh. I'll do you a deal. At the start of the next race, I'm going to shoot myself in the head with this revolver. If I survive, I'll race. I'll promise. I'll bother. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was harrowing. <laughs> Oh, Winnie the Oh No. <laughs> oh my God. John's not listened to that episode yet, has he? I don't think so. John, listen to this bloody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, would you like to read the letter? Also, is Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> no, please, God, no. That one is Piglet. 
<laughs> I'm not sure I can do that. <laughs> here, here is the letter. <clears throat> okay, who's this? Who's this one going to be? I don't know. <laughs> I'll just, I'll do it. I'll just do it normally. <laughs> the public love you. Children love you. Everyone loves the laugh. It's hilarious. You're making money. What more do you want? You keep racing and you keep sniggering, or the world will find out you've been living a lie. Remember, a dog is for life. Yours, he. So when you said I'll do it normal, I meant abnormal. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you got to know where your baseline is, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you like to do? Um, I'm oh, sorry, Anakas. You like you've got had a thought? No. Uh, no, I don't think I did. You have 15 minutes. I feel like Jeez. I wanted to hear the note again because I got a bit distracted by the thought of it being Winnie the Pooh, but it was basically saying I'm going to shoot myself, right? Correct. Hmm. And then he had a letter from from H-E. There was, um, so we've got a Y and an H-E, so that, and that's an H-E and a dash. There might be something to look out for there later. There was a map as well. Can we take a quick glance mm. at the map, please, John? Yes, it is a simple map of the racetrack with four, sorry, three large X's uh, placed upon it. And the X's correspond to the places on the map where you found the racetrack had been tampered with. And okay. one more thing. You mentioned when we were uh, in um, Dick Dastardly's uh, Purple What's It um, mm-hmm. that there were some unmarked buttons. Can we just give a few of them a jab, see if anything happens? Okay, there's three of them. Which one would you like to press? I would like to press the one under my hand. Far left. There is a hissing sound as helium is pumped into the tyres and the car rises into the air for a few moments and then slowly descends back to the ground. Middle button? Skis fold out from under the front of the car and a snowmobile track at the rear. It's not chitty chitty bang bang. Um, And the far right? Two flexible arms fold out of the headlights. There is a high-pitched whine before the zap of an electric shock passing between them. Hmm. Nasty. Um, okay. okay. If we find a dead Muttley, we could revive him potentially with an electric shock. Unless he's shot <laughs> himself in the head, I suppose. After he shot himself in the head. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a Muttley costume, so it could be Winnie the Pooh dressed as Muttley. True. Jesus. Took a dark <gasps> Jonathan, I thought this was going to be a whimsical, <laughs> cheerful one. This is cheerful. This is the wacky races. <laughs> you, you're having Muttley kill himself. Wouldn't you? No! <laughs> didn't watch as many wacky races as I think you did. There are only 17 episodes. We'll, we'll come to that. 13 minutes. Oh, God. Should we check the other two garages yep. quickly then? Okay, so who's, who's next to Penelope Pit Stop? Uh, Peter Perfect. Let's go to his garage. It is more of a gym than a garage. Amidst a chaotic vista of impressive gym equipment, you can see Peter Perfect. His ripped form is lying prostrate on the ground. And he said prostate there. (laughs) And they're different. His ripped form is lying prostrate on the ground among the scattered free weights. He looks like he's fallen over and he's wearing his racing overalls. Can we check his pulse? He has a pulse, but it is extremely faint. And inside his breast pocket, there is a letter. Let's read it. It's not wacky pen pals, this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's reading this one? Anikos? Um, Let me see if I can pull it up on my little pool. I don't give a shit about your heart condition. You aren't retiring. You aren't moving on to other things. You are staying right here and racing. I've got your little prescription. If you don't race today, I go public. Yours Dash A-L-P. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> we could drag Peter Perfect over to the cattle prod by the meme machine and give him a zap, but 
should we is there anything else um anything else in the room apart from nothing obvious apart from prostrate peter perfect well can we pull prostate peter perfect into um yeah into the mean machines uh tender waiting electric arms and give him a quick zap Okay, you do so, and the zap very briefly invigorates him, but then he slumps back again. While you are back in Dick Dastardly's garage, though, you do notice something else that you clearly didn't notice before. <clears throat> oh, John, have you forgotten a bit again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's that oh, somebody was almost doing the mutley yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um... So in the far right corner, there is a work table with some items on it. What's on the work table, John? (laughs) An artificial heart and a large pair of battery-powered heated gloves. Next to the table, there is also a large road sign denoting an upcoming left turn. Okay, great. Let's take the road sign. Okay. Is any of us skilled in open-heart surgery? No. We don't need to be. Because Pat Pending has his fix-em-a-jig. Ah, yes. And as everybody knows, just kind of random things lying around with buttons are fine for that kind of stuff. Is um, is it worth checking out Penelope Pit Stop's garage first, just in case? Yeah, sure. Okay, you have 10 minutes remaining. Penelope Pit Stop's garage is more of a powder room than a garage. Her star-labeled door is open, and as you step inside, you are bathed in the glow of her light bulb-ringed mirror. There is a dresser below her mirror uh, with a a drawer and a cupboard. What's in the drawer, John? Nothing. Anything in the cupboard? Uh, Inside the cupboard, there is a safe. It is this kind of safe that you get in a posh hotel, but rather than a numbered keypad for access, it has a full QWERTY keyboard, so you can enter letters or indeed numbers. Ah, jeez. And it is locked. Uh, Is there an indication of how many letters or characters we need? Nope. Hmm. Anything around the mirror or the light bulbs? Nothing obvious, no. Can we try uh, typing in the letters that we found on the various letters? So Y H A A L P. Y A L P H E. Okay. Maybe we should uh, give Peter Perfect a new heart and see if he can talk to us. That sounds good. Yeah. Is there anything else that we might have missed seeing on in Penelope Pitstop's powder room? No. Let's drag Peter Perfect over to the the new table with his new heart and slam the button. Okay, there's seven minutes and 40 seconds left to go and the crowds are starting to gather. Uh, What exactly are you doing here? Just walk me through. So let's drag Peter Perfect into um, Pat Pending's workshop. We'll Mm -hmm. put Peter Perfect up on the table next to the Fixamatron 12,000, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. We'll grab the artificial heart from Dick Dastardly's uh, forgotten workbench um, and put it next to him and I guess hit the button. With a whir and a buzz and a rat-a-tat-tat, several very, very, um, I was going to say alacrous, but that's not, no, no, very agile mechanical arms fold out of the tank and get to work with the artistry of the world's finest surgeons. In no time at all, Peter Perfect's imperfect heart has been whipped out, flung into the incinerator and replaced with the artificial one found in Dick Dastardly's garage. Peter Perfect is sealed up, uh, but he remains inert. Now let's zap him. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're dragging him over to the mean machine. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Giving him a zap. Peter Perfect springs into life uh, and then lies down the floor to have a little bit of a rest. He's alive. He's going to be okay, but uh, he's going to take a bit of time to come round. Okay. So presumably he's not racing then. 
Um, hmm. Did we pick up the left turn sign from Dick Dastardly? You didn't, but you can. Yes. And the, the battery-powered heating gloves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, good one. Yes. Okay. What are you doing with them? Put them on. We have wire cutters and we have the heat gloves and yeah. we have the left. Oh, we can diffuse the three sets of traps. Yeah. Yeah. Should we go do that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just tell me what you're doing. Uh, so using the battery-powered heating gloves to melt the ice on the uh, one hazard. Okay. Putting using... up the left-hand turn sign over the right-hand turn sign. Okay. And using the wire cutters to diffuse the bomb on the bridge. Okay. All three racetrack hazards have been nullified. You have five minutes and 25 seconds remaining. Are you ready? So first shot of the pistol summons the racers to the track. Second shot gets started. We've not opened this safe yet. Um, but I suppose we've diffused. So we've diffused the traps and we've got the only racer we found alive and fit to go. So I guess... Could I draw your attention back to your original instructions? Insurance yeah. premiums. Yeah. It's got to go off without a hitch. And so far, a lot of the races have been blackmailed to either not participate or kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so maybe we do need to open that safe. Uh, so going back to the wacky racers, who else? Who else were were the wacky racers? Are there any? That- uh, I mean, there were the Slag brothers, Gravel Slag and Rock Slag. Uh, there, there was a load of them, but don't worry, they're not they're not relevant to this. The only characters relevant to this are the characters in this. Okay. Well, just because I'm trying to think of what the letters might mean on the on the well, the letters from the letters, as it were. Hmm. We could fire the pistol once to get the racers to assemble and then see if that gives us any more information. Yeah. And then hold off on firing it again. Are you sure? <laughs> Judge it by your face, John. Maybe not. <laughs> hmm. Let's hold off on that particular thing. <laughs> I say this because currently Pat Penling is destined to fly into a tree and Muttley is destined to shoot himself. Um, oh, can we go into the dog kennel mm-hmm. and take the bullets out of the revolver? Uh, no. And drink the whiskey. Oh, why can't why can't we? Yeah. Uh, you can't get the gun open. Damn. Ah, we'll just take the gun. We could, yeah, we could put the gun in the incinerator. Ah, and the whiskey. Okay. I feel, I feel like I've just broken a bit of puzzle. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll take we'll take um, Mutley's gun and throw it in the incinerator, and we'll take the whiskey. Full stop. Um, yeah. Just neck it. With us <laughs> for for emergencies. Okay, you doing that? Oh, hang on. No, no, no. <laughs> Poison whiskey. No, John's making that face. I think we just pocket the revolver for now. As long as yeah. we've got the revolver and Muttley doesn't. Um, Pat, this is delightful. Pat, two minutes and 40 seconds remain. Oh, wait, what was happening with the first one, with the first guy again? Pat Pending is currently being blackmailed to fly into a tree. At the last turn. Hmm. Uh, do we have anything we could cut the tree down with? <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. A tree? We don't. That might not be the way to go. <laughs> uh, uh, two minutes. Oh, Jesus. Like we need to steer, John. Okay, you've tried out various combinations of the letters you've received on the safe, but you didn't actually try out all of them. There's only three. Okay, let's try H-E-A-L-P-Y. No, that's not it. That's, that's... H-E-Y-A-L-P. Or, hear you... Hey you! Uh, <laughs> you sneaky bastard. The safe opens, revealing inside several very interesting items. There is a Viagra prescription for Peter Perfect, 
several photos of Muttley, the actor, mid-dressing into costume, and some photographs of Pat Pending's certificate mid-forgery. Ah, it's the blackmail. We throw, grab all of that and throw it all into the incinerator. Yep. There we okay. go. That's all the blackmail done. Then we can fire the starter pistols and everybody can get on with their lives. I mean, finish the race, do the race. Uh, should we not arrest Pen- Penelope Pitstop? You're racing marshals, not cops. We've got two guns. It's fine. We'll just... And a bottle of whiskey. Anything could happen. I moved that bag. <laughs> you have one minute and five seconds. All right. So let's... Uh, do we have to take... The, do we take the black film material or do we have to chuck it in the incinerator, do you reckon? Ooh. Uh, well, let's take it. Oh, no, no, no. We need to incinerate it. Otherwise, they could be... 50 seconds, guys. Really? We take the blackmail material and we uh, fire the starting pistol. Okay. You fire the starting pistol. You firing it twice? Once. Once. Three times a lady? Like, what are you doing? Once to assemble. Yes. Once to assemble. As you fire the starter pistol for the first time, uh, the racers appear. Uh, a few moments later, Dastardly and Muttley emerge. Muttley looks extremely cross. At the same time, Peter Perfect rocks up in his turbo-terrific car. He looks absolutely wired. And Pat Pending descends from above in the flying converter car. Finally... Penelope Pitstop breezes out from her dressing room and climbs gracefully into the compact pussycat. You catch her looking at you in the rearview mirror. She looks furious. You find the second shot? Yes. Yeah. And they're off. And the race proceeds in good order. Dastardly takes an early lead. Maintains the lead. Keeps leading. Then wins. Hooray! The crowd start to boo. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Soon, you find yourself sailing through the air, propelled from a cannon, wondering where exactly you went wrong in life. You rise up through the clouds, and then you begin to descend. As you pass back below the cloud line, you see below you the gaping maw of an active volcano. Drat. And double drat. You have solved my puzzle. Did, did we win? Yeah, I was going yes. to you won, but by making the wacky races boring, uh, you uh, you ruined it and got fired out of a cannon anyway. Because it turned out no one wanted to see the wacky races go off without a hitch. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a race. Otherwise, it's just a race in which the guy who, who starts winning early probably wins, which is why F1 is dull. I thought that we'd missed out on like cutting Dick Dudley's brake lines or something. <laughs> Like, it's got to go off without a hitch, as in, the suspicious-looking guy must have misfortune, which is just sad, really. <laughs> um, No, there was one thing you did differently that I, I thought you would do another way. I was expecting you to switch the revolvers, because you had a starting pistol that I'd uh, taken careful pains to describe as a revolver, and Muttley had one that he was going to shoot himself, and he said, I'm going to shoot myself in the head, and if I survive, I'll race. So, yeah, the idea was that you would switch the guns over. Uh, I think maybe we just didn't want him to shoot himself because even Mm. with the starting pistol, that would. I looked this up. I looked this up. Um, You can get you can get hurt a little bit. Prepare for this, but you'd be very unlikely to die uh, (laughs) from a starting pistol. Like, isn't like you'd have to be some kind of freak, like edge case scenario for that to happen. Uh, What a safety briefing! You're very unlikely to die. (laughs) <laughs> right, that's Muttley comes and races like one ear the, blown off. The, the worst thing that's likely to happen to you is that you're temporarily deafened because you're supposed to wear uh, defenders. 
And how's he going to be like, you know, Dick Dastardly's wingman? With that? But easy left, easy right. He can't be the navigator to the Colin McRae of Dick Dastardly with a blown off ear. I don't think, I don't think Muttley doing poor navigation is the reason that Dick Dastardly doesn't win. Though, fun fact, he does win. I remember. He wins in an episode, um, but uh, he gets disqualified for putting the nose of his car over the line, like extending it forward. And I think in one of them, he wins without cheating and is so disgusted that he didn't cheat that he stops. And then loses. <laughs> um, but there we are. Also, other fun facts. The voice actor who plays Dick Dastardly, I think it's called Peter Winchell. He was also a inventor and is credited with the first artificial heart. Oh, That's damn. a good link. I should good fact. not. And some battery-powered heated gloves, amongst other patents. That's amazing. So yeah, he was an irritatingly talented man. <laughs> oh, that's I hate people it. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, was good. Thanks, John. Yeah, that was I hope light you and enjoyed. breezy. That was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, nobody actually died. No. Lots of threats of it, but no one actually died. <laughs> we saved a life. See? <clears throat> you did. You did. So we saved two lives, potentially. Hmm? I mean, you know, Muttley. Did yes. we get Penelope Pitstop locked up or no? I don't think anyone's. It's 1960s America. Like, she's going to get away with murder. <laughs> Another fun fact. Wacky Races was one of the cartoons targeted uh, by campaigners trying to get them cancelled because of violence in them mm. at the turn of the 60s and the 70s. It was one of the ones they went after. I thought you were going to say because of su- suspected communism. <laughs> Ooh, no, I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah. You laugh, but there's a, there's, a, there's a cartoon called The Bear That Wasn't, um, which completely got cancelled because... They thought it was like a, a hidden communist message because it's about this bear that wakes up from his hibernation to find that a factory is being built over his cave. And so he just kind of wanders into the factory and starts being like this. They just start putting him to work as one of the factory workers. And he kind of goes, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a factory worker. I'm not a human. I'm a bear. And then he sort of tries to speak to the manager and then tries to speak to the manager of the manager and the manager of the manager. So it's a, it's a critique of capitalism. Um, it may well be, yeah. So I got, <laughs> it got, uh, yeah, it got cancelled for uh, censored for years and years and years in America. For communist sympathies, huh? Wow. I find it on YouTube. It's just like a short little, about ten minute clip, I think maybe. God, if they'd ever seen what cartoons North Korea would produce many years later, yeah. they'd have absolutely lost their nuts. Have you have you seen them? <laughs> Never mind North Korea, like or Akira. Like what? Cartoon violence? Like go and watch some anime at its worst. Good God. <laughs> but there we are. No, well done, guys. There was a lot to find there, and you um you you, you found everything very quickly, and, and you saw through every attempt at obfuscation quite easily. <laughs> Mike, you're a bastard. You read me like a book. <laughs> What's in the glove box, John? What's behind the picture, John? <laughs> the, the only the only bit you, where you really screwed up is you tried two permutations of the Hegel code and didn't get them right. And there was only one more thing to try. And you went, okay, let's move on. What? <laughs> to be fair, I, I think I'm less au fait with the wacky race than perhaps my my two colleagues. Um, I'd, I'd forgotten all about Hegel. It's Penelope Pitstop's yeah. like famous catchphrase where she ah. sort of she runs with her, her legs sort of le- like she almost does the splits in the down and goes hey you hey you <laughs> um and i even looked up how that's written in the script to get the letters oh, right well done that's thorough research you can do research on the inventor of the artificial heart and penelope pitstop and how you spell hail 
but you can't do the research on how the last podcast ended? I was busy doing this research. <laughs> time is limited. <laughs> you, you could also say that I went down a complete rabbit hole on the wacky races, which it turns out like someone has written a table about who won, as in oh, like, oh, wow. a league table of who won wacky races. I think uh, that's passion. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ready. I'm at the point in my life now where I think I could deal with more wacky races, like a lot more, like probably as an actual sport. Would you like to see something weird as hell? Of course. Zip. Um, so <laughs> can't tease us like that. <laughs> Curzio Brazil did a wacky races ad with live actors. Wow. God. Hello everyone, Editor John here. Trust me, it's worth it. Get on YouTube and watch that thing. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing that we live in a world where that got made. P.S. I have a cold. Oh, I love it. Oh my god, they've had so much fun with that. Fair dues. That's wonderful. They've done such an amazing job with it. Good on you, Peugeot Brazil. Fair play. Most of the world will not understand what the hell you're talking about there, but that is okay. Shall I lead us out? In diddly doodly. I might run a bath. On it goes, Jamie Michael. Thank you very much for escaping. And listeners, thank you very much for listening. We have been the Infinite Escape Room. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this sort of thing, you can find us on Tinternet. Uh, we are at www.theinfiniteescaperoom.com. We can also be found, notionally at least, on social media with the moniker at tier underscore podcast. We hope you've had fun. We will see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye now. Bye. Catty Bimbles. Oh, Baba.